Tuning in to a priceless perspective. I'm your hostess, Nicole Steele, and joining me today is a member of our priceless posse, Mrs. Crystal Payne. She's not only a longtime member of our Diamond in the Rough family and part of our leadership team, but she's also a licensed professional counselor and a certified school counselor who holds not one but two master's degrees. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Thank you, Nicole. Well, I'm delighted to have you joining us today to talk about something that both of us know is a growing concern when it comes to adolescent and teen girls. You've been in Diamond in the Rough for years, and we've seen increases, even among members of our program and in the community at large, when it comes to self-destructive behaviors. And so I thought that we'd start our show today by letting our listeners know what we mean when we say self-destructive behaviors and maybe give some examples. Can you help me do that? Sure. Uh, Well, when we talk about self-destructive behaviors, let's look at the word self-destructive. So it's something that they're doing that hurts themselves. They may be doing something that's towards someone else, but in the end it hurts themselves. And some examples of that would be cutting, eating disorders, uh, food and drug abuse, sexual promiscuity, bullying, general risky behaviors, um, also violent behavior. A lot of girls are fighting a lot now, lying, stealing, things like that. And um, it's a way of acting out when something else is going, when something else isn't going right in their lives. And uh, it's not just the normal teenage angst or acting out of a teenager. It goes beyond that. So there really is... Uh, an outward sign of something, as you said, that's really a deeper issue. Now, Crystal, of all of the ones that you talked about, I know today we've decided to really hone in on the issue of cutting or self-mutilation or self-harming because I know we, again, talk about it a lot, and we've seen this on a rise in our community And I think that it's really important for us to begin to have dialogue and not only educate girls, but to educate parents as well. This is not something that's just for a specific racial population nor a, you know, an economic population, that this is something that's going on and is widespread among young people. Can you tell us a little bit about cutting Sure, and you're so right, Nicole. This is something that goes beyond any specific trait of someone. It can be anyone that is um, is self-harming. And there are a lot of things that uh, encompass self-harming. The most common is cutting, um, where the person would use um, a sharp object like glass or um, a razor, something like that, to cut themselves in a, in a spot on their body that could be hidden. Um, but there are also other ways that people self-harm, um, 
It's also burning. Some people use they can may even use cigarettes or a lighter to burn themselves. Um, choking, and it can also be just a rubbing if they rub the spot over and over and over again. So those are the four of the typical ways that people self harm. So it'd be cutting, burning, uh, rubbing, and choking. Now you have got to share with the listeners why in the world would somebody want to harm themselves in in such a way? I mean, I, I I know because of the work that we do, but when I first learned about it, it was it it just it boggles the mind. But yeah. can you tell, um, sure. you know, from a professional sure. perspective, and, why people do this? And that's a question that I get a lot from people: Why would you want to hurt yourself in that way? It seems like that would you know we cringe when we get a paper cut. Why would someone want to cut themselves with a razor? Right. But the first thing is to know that self injury behaviors is harming yourself without the intent to kill yourself. So that's not why these girls are doing this. They don't want to commit suicide. It's about an emotional release, uh, relieving stress. Um, They may be depressed, and it it helps them relieve whatever those feelings are that they cannot cope with. So it's actually a coping mechanism that they use to deal with emotions that they don't know what to do with. It's almost like a drug in some ways. Um, when you talk to some girls that do it, they actually get a rush from harming themselves. And it's and it's like when someone talks about being high, they get the rush and then they come down from it. It's the same feeling, but, you know, there's just an outward appearance of it by them harming themselves. And it also becomes a habit, just like a drug. So they don't know any other way to deal with these feelings of depression or hating their body or whatever the feeling is. And so that becomes a habit that they use to, whenever they have that feeling, they cut or they harm themselves. Now, let's talk for a minute about the dangers of self-harm. I mean, I know that you said that in most cases girls are not trying to commit suicide. And I I, I, sh- I say girls, but in reality, boys self-harm as well. Yeah. It's actually equal among both genders. You just see it more in girls, and wow. it's reported more in girls, but it's actually it's equal amongst um, boys and girls. So let's talk about the dangers of it because I think it's really important for people to understand that there are better ways to cope with real issues, real concerns, real feelings, whether it's depression, whether it's pent-up anger. There are other healthier ways in that when it comes to self-harming, it can actually go overboard, even though that's not the intent. Right. The intent is not to die, but, you know, it can happen by accident or intentionally. And What I mean by that is that if the issue is not treated whatever the underlying issues of why they're self-harming, you can get to a point where you cut too deep or you take too much medication or, you know, you burn yourself too badly to where, you know, you can you can die. Or if the issue is not treated, you can then go into major depression or these other psychiatric disorders that you then will intentionally try to kill yourself. So it has. It's, this is something that can't just go on without any type of treatment or any type of intervention because it can then lead to death, intentionally or by accident. Does this happen in stages, um, or do you see that, I mean, professionally with, with clients, do you see that it started with, oh, I, I made one mark and then I 
you know, did it again, and they are, or is it something that they just jump right in fully? I mean, I, again, just trying to understand it a little mm-hmm. bit more. It actually has changed throughout the years. Um, when I first started hearing about because, I mean, cutting self-harm has been around for a very long time, but it's just manifesting itself differently now. And one reason is that, it's almost a little bit of a trend amongst girls. So some girls, they've been told about it, so then they just try it, and then it becomes a habit. So they may just, you know, they may meet a friend and they see she's wearing long sleeves, and you know, she explains to her, well, this is what I do when I start feeling like this, this, and this. So that's how that girl gets introduced to it, because her friend is doing it. There are other people who just genuinely it may act out more physically in general. So there are even some children who headbang when, when they get upset or punch a wall, and that's a release for them. So they, you know, I've heard of someone punching the wall, and then they see maybe see the, the bruising on their hand, but that was actually a release for them. So they relate that pain of hitting the wall with actually a release of whatever that frustration was. So it can be something as simple as that, something you did on accident that then turns into this is when I'm, I'll try that again. Or what typically happens with girls, uh, which is who we deal with, is that it's introduced or it's passed down from friend to friend. And when you when you talk about being passed down, because girls talk, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're emotional beings by nature, many of us. And so for girls who may be listening who have friends who are cutting or who are harming themselves, who are burning themselves, or doing something harmful, how can a girl deal with um, with maybe a friend confiding in them, the friend not having anybody to talk to or any adult that they can trust? You know, we talk to girls often about some of the things that their friends may be going through, and how can a girl really create a fine line between I want to be a friend, I want to be of support, but I've got to guard myself as well so that I don't become one that follows or mm-hmm. or even um, not just follows but also, you know, helps this person, my friend who I really like and, and, and trust, you know, harm themselves and maybe in, in a more harmful way. Well, first thing is to know that this is not a healthy way of dealing with your feelings. No matter how many people do it, it's not okay. It's not a healthy way to deal with it, and you just you're hurting yourself, and it, it will only get worse. This isn't something that just gets better. You may, you know, um, actually, teens tend to grow out of this, but if they if it's not dealt with, it goes into something more serious. So, this can be a gateway to a lot of other self-destructive and even worse self-destructive behavior. But what I would say to them is. If you truly care about that friend and you care about yourself, you would get them, you would direct them to help. Um, you can call, you can talk to your school counselor. You can, um, they, she may not, she may not like you for a while, but you can tell her parents, tell your parents, and be real with your friend and say this is not right, this is not healthy, and you know you can talk to someone. You can talk to me, but we're on the same level, so you need to talk to someone who can really help you because I don't want to see you hurt yourself, and I don't want to see it get worse. That's your responsibility as her friend. It's not your responsibility to fix her, but it's your responsibility as her friend to at least tell someone who can help her. 
Now, what are some signs and symptoms if there is maybe a girl who suspects one of her friends is harming herself, or maybe there's a parent that's listening who is questioning some of the behaviors of her daughter? I know that you mentioned the long sleeves, and that's something that we see often in our community, but can you tell some of the signs and symptoms? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, it tends to begin around 12 to 15 years old um, in girls. Um, and, of course, you know, that's around middle school, so there's a lot of, you know, emotional things going on, and it can just be a flood of things happening that they don't know how to deal with. But the actual warning signs would be, like I said, wrong sleeves, particularly in the wrong season, or if it's out of character for that particular person. So if she started changing the way she dresses all together, including wearing long sleeves, then that could be a warning sign. Um, unexplained cuts, marks, or burns on her body, you know, because it can happen on their legs. Sometimes they can run out of places that they can hide, so you may catch a glimpse of something. Don't just ignore it. You know, ask where that came from. Um, also, having sharp objects, and they can't explain why they have it. If you see a shard of glass in your daughter's room or a razor, you know, in your daughter's room, something like that, Many times they'll have it hidden somewhere or they'll have it all together, like maybe in a, in a little bag or a case. Um, but if they have no explanation for why they have these sharp objects in their room, you know, or in their possession, then that could be a warning sign as well. So those are the three top warning signs. Long sleeves, especially in the wrong season or that isn't characteristic for that particular person, unexplained cuts, marks, or burns, and have sharp objects that they can't explain the reason for having now, for girls who may be listening who have found themselves harming themselves in some way, who feel like they don't have anybody to talk to, what can they do? Where can they go for help? How can they stop this cycle that they may be experiencing? Um, I, I can't say that every every girl can talk to their parents, but I hope and I pray that they can. So I'm going to advise that you go to your parents and tell them you're doing this and you're having this problem and you want some help for it. Uh, if you can't talk to your parents, if there's another trusted adult in your life, please go to them. The, the person every child has is someone at their school. So it could be a teacher, your coach, school counselor, your principal, someone there. They're there to help you. Um, they may be able to refer you and your family for help. If you um, attend church, go to uh, maybe your youth leader, um, your pastor. Go to a trusted adult and let them know what's going on and that you need some help. And um, what, what will probably happen is they'll refer you on to a professional that you'll then be able to talk to on a consistent basis about what you're feeling. They can help you and help your family get through whatever it is you're going through that's causing you to do this. And you'll feel so much better after you actually get that help. And they'll teach you more effective ways to deal with your emotions. There's nothing wrong with the feelings you're having, but the way you're dealing with it is harmful. And so we need to just give you some more effective ways of dealing with it. And there are many more ways that you can deal with your feelings. Very good. And for those that are listening, if you tell a trusted adult and you don't get help, tell another and and yes. tell someone and keep telling until you get the help. It takes a lot of courage to to make that first move, but don't just stop at the first person if you don't get a, a timely response. And you mentioned, Crystal, um, church and youth leaders. 
because I think in every in everybody's life, or at least that's my prayer as well, that there's somebody in their village who yeah. they can trust in, whether it's an aunt, a extended family member, a coach, a Sunday school teacher. But for those who are in the youth development field, whether it's mentoring, um, again, in the athletic field, in the church, can you talk or speak to them in terms of being aware? Because this is something that we're seeing that is increasing, and I think that it's something that could really slip by, not just for youth workers, but for parents as well. Can you share any practical advice for adults or parents who may be listening? Sure. Um, the first thing is don't freak out. If you have heard me give some warning signs and you're thinking, oh, I'm someone with this uh, who may be doing this, or if you if you now know that your child may be cutting, um, stay calm, if, you know, pray. And then approach them calmly. Ask them, are you doing this? Or I'm concerned that you may be doing this and I want to help you because I care about you, because I love you, and I don't want you to do anything to harm yourself. You're worth more than this behavior, and this is what we can do to help you. Um, you know, if, if they don't open up right at that time, you can say, well, I understand you may not want to tell me right now, but this is something that you do need help for. And I'm here when you're ready to talk about it. If you actually see the marks um, as a youth worker, there may be something that you have to report to someone else in authority. If you don't see it, that's something that, you know, I, w- I wouldn't say just let it go. Just keep gently prodding the teenager to let you know and that you want to get them some help. Well, I hate that our young people are dealing with so many pressures but I'm glad to have people like you, Crystal, on our team and just in the community at large, just doctors, professionals, counselors who are um, helping our young people through these tough times in life. I know that we have lots and lots of topics that we're going to be covering in the weeks to come. I believe next, when we have you on the show, we're going to be talking about the issue or in the self-destructive behavior of eating disorders, which mm-hmm. is, uh, again, something that doesn't discriminate against race, gender, social or economic status. And so uh, I thank you, Crystal. For those that are listening and who may have additional questions, or maybe you have topics that you would like our Priceless Posse member, Ms. Crystal Payne, to address in future shows. You can feel free to reach out to her directly at cpayne, that's C-P-A-Y-N-E, at D-I-T-R dot org. And we'd love to hear from you. She'd love to reach out to you. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share with the listeners? Just quickly, I want to just give some strategies. For anyone out there that's, that is dealing with this issue or harming yourself, just quick strategies. Before you do anything like that, call someone, contact someone you trust before you hurt yourself. You can journal about your feelings. You can use some relaxation techniques. Um, even exercise can burn off some of that energy. It's okay to cry. Sometimes people cut because they don't want to cry. So go ahead and cry. You can take a cold shower. You can eat something spicy or squeeze ice cubes into your fingers. 
Those are all better ways to deal with whatever emotions you're dealing with so that you don't harm yourself. Wow. Well, you've heard it here on A Priceless Perspective. Be sure to tune in. Uh, Visit us on Facebook and on Twitter. You can follow us. And tune in again for more tips, more advice from our priceless professional, Miss <laughs> Crystal Payne. Thank you, Crystal, for joining us. Thank you so much, Nicole. If you are listening and you are someone you know is harming themselves in any manner, please get help. It's not by mistake that you've tuned in today. While the challenges you may be dealing with are real, the way you are choosing to deal with them are not wise. Please stop and get help from a trusted adult. And as mentioned on the show, whether it's your parents, your teachers, your counselors, or the youth workers in your community, find adults that you can trust to help you get the help you need. You are far too precious to many around you, but most importantly, you are precious to God. I'm Nicole Steele, and this is my Priceless Perspective. Join the conversation. Visit us online at pricelessperspective.com. Or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. This show has been brought to you in part by Diamond in the Rough Youth Development Program Incorporated and Gem Makers LLC.